we're now on the chapter Babu Qawlillahi Ta'ala Fala taj'alu lillahi andadan wa antum ta'lamun Do not make equals or partners to Allah and you know This particular chapter is now mentioning this ayah as its heading This ayah that speaks about what the mushrikeen used to do The mushrikeen as you are aware they did not practice the Tawheed of Allah with regards to Uluhiyyah. So they used to designate a portion of their worship to others, to their deities, to their idols, to their so-called gods. So here this ayah is referring to that point. That these mushrikeen, they would make partners alongside Allah. But the ayah says, فَلَا تَجْعَلُوا لِلَّهِ أَنْدَادًا وَأَنْتُمْ تَعْلَمُونَ Do not make partners alongside Allah and indeed you know. And indeed you know what? Indeed you know what? That will be explained here now. The first thing the shaykh mentions here is, that whenever you come across any ayah, and you want to get the tafsir of that ayah, you want to get the tafsir of a particular ayah of the Qur'an. Now what is the priority and the first source of tafsir for any ayah? It is the Qur'an itself. فَالْمَصْدَرْ فِي تَفْسِيرِ الْقُرْآنِ كَمَا ذَكَرَ الْعُلَمَاءِ خَمْسَةُ أَشْيَاءِ There are five possibilities in tafsir. The first source, المصدر الأول تفسير القرآن بالقرآن to make the tafsir of the Qur'an with the Qur'an. Because there will be certain ayat which you can find the explanation of them in other ayat of the Qur'an. Some parts of the Qur'an, they are explained by other parts of the Qur'an. So the primary source for seeking the tafsir of the Qur'an is through examining other ayat that may explain the ayat you are seeking the tafsir of. Secondly, al-masdar al-thani, tafsir al-Qur'ani bi kalam al-Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Li'annahu huwa al-mubayyin. Making the tafsir of the Qur'an through the speech of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Li'annahu huwa al-mubayyin. Because he is the one who clarifies. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the one who clarifies and explains the Qur'an. So seeking the tafsir of the ayat from the sunnah. Al-Masdar al-Thalith. The third mannerism of seeking tafsir. Tafsir al-Qur'an bi tafsir al-Sahaba. Searching for the tafsir of the Qur'an through the explanations of the companions. So firstly, you look for other ayat that maybe explain the one you're looking at. Or you look at the sunnah, maybe there are some hadith that explain what you're looking at. Or you look at the statements of the sahaba and their tafsir to see if they have explained this ayah you are looking at. Fourthly, al-masdar al-rabi'a. Some scholars say, that you can say the tafsir of the Qur'an from the statements of the tabi'een. عِنْدَ بَعْدِ الْعُلَمَاءِ تَفْسِيرُ الْقُرْآنِ بِأَقْوَالِ التَّابِعِينَ لِأَنَّهُمْ أَخَذُوا عَنِ الصَّحَابَةِ وَهُمْ أَدْرَى بِمَعَانِ الْقُرْآنِ الْكَرِيمِ مِنْ غَيْرِهِمْ Because the tabi'een, they took their knowledge from the sahaba. So they will have more understanding of the tafsir of the Qur'an than other than them. So some of the scholars say, you can take the tafsir of the tabi'een. The fifth source also, al-masdar al-khamis, 
تفسيره بمقتضى اللغة العربية لأنه نزل بها تفسير of the ayat with regards to what is necessitated linguistically in the Arabic language because the Quran was revealed in Arabic and the meanings of it are in Arabic so what the Arabic language indicates of a meaning then that can be taken as a source also Sheikh Al-Fawzan says, that's why you will have noticed in several chapters where Sheikh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab rahimahullah ta'ala mentions ayat. In several chapters you will have noticed he has been quoting the statements of the Sahaba in explaining those ayat that he's been quoting. He's been quoting the statements of the Sahaba in giving the tafsir of ayat in several different chapters throughout the book. So here we have this ayah now. فَلَا تَجْعَلُوا لِلَّهِ أَنْدَادًا وَأَنْتُمْ تَعَلَمُونَ Do not make partners alongside Allah and indeed you know. This is the end of the ayah in Surah Al-Baqarah. This is the end of that particular ayah from Surah Al-Baqarah. The beginning of it is يَا أَيُّهَا النَّاسُ عَبَدُوا رَبَّكُمُ الَّذِي خَلَقَكُمْ وَالَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ الَّذِي جَعَلَ لَكُمُ الْأَرْضَ فِرَاشًا وَالسَّمَاءَ بِنَاءً وَأَنْزَلَ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ مَاءً فَأَخْرَجَ بِهِ مِنَ الثَّمَرَاتِ رِزْقًا لَكُمْ فَلَا تَجْعَلُوا لِلَّهِ أَنْدَادًا وَأَنْتُمْ تَعْلَمُونَ Allah said in these ayat, O people, Worship your Lord, the one who created you and created those who came before you that you may achieve taqwa. The one who made for you the earth a resting place and the sky a canopy. And he sent down from the sky the rain and brought out the vegetation and the fruits as sustenance for you. So do not make partners alongside Allah and you know all of that. You know that Allah is the one that you need to worship. You know He is the one who created you and created those who came before you. You know that He is the one who made the earth a resting place for you. And the heavens, the sky, a canopy above you. And you know He is the one who sent the rain upon you. And you know He is the one that caused the vegetation and the fruits to grow forth. You know all of that. So do not make partners alongside Him and you know all of that. فَلَا تَجْعَلُوا لِلَّهِ أَنْدَادًا وَأَنْتُمْ تَعْلَمُونَ So this is the first call that is in the Mus'haf. The first call upon the people. O oh people! يَا أَيُّهُ النَّاسِ This is the first call upon the people. And that is because just prior to this section in Surah Al-Baqarah, Allah had spoken about the different categories of people. There were different categories of people that Allah mentioned and spoke about in the opening verses of the Qur'an. How many categories of people? Three. They are the believers, inwardly and outwardly. They are the mushrikeen, the kuffar, inwardly and outwardly, and they are the munafiqeen, those who are upon kufr inwardly, but portray outwardly as if they are upon Islam and Iman. Those three categories of people were mentioned in the opening ayat of the Qur'an. So straight after that, Allah then makes this call to all of the people. To all of the people, Ya أَيُّهَا النَّاسِ نَادَ النَّاسَ جَمِيعًا Allah called upon all of the people, the believers and the disbelievers, الْمُؤْمِنُ وَالْكَافِرُ وَالْعَرَبِ وَالْعَجَمِي The Arabs and the non-Arabs, نَادَاهُمْ جَمِيعًا وَأَمَرَهُمْ بِعِبَادَتِهِ Allah called upon them all and commanded them to worship Him. The believers, the non-believers, the Arab, the non-Arab, everyone. Allah calls with a general call upon everyone to worship Him. وَهَذَا دَلِيلٌ عَلَىٰ عُمُومِ رِسَالَةِ مُحَمَّدٍ صَلَى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ وسلم. This is an evidence therefore 
that the message of the Prophet ﷺ is a general message for all of mankind. To the believers, non-believers, they are addressed by it too. The Arab, the non-Arab, all of them are addressed by this uh, messengership, this message. وَأَنَّهُ بُعِثَ إِلَى النَّاسِ And that the Prophet ﷺ was sent to all of the people. Whereas previous prophets and messengers used to be sent to who? Their particular peoples. They used to be sent to their particular peoples. Whereas the Prophet ﷺ was not sent to any one area or location for only them. He was sent as guidance or with that revelation which is guidance for all of mankind. For the jinn and the humans. And that is mentioned in the Qur'an. قُلْ يَا أَيُّهَا النَّاسِ إِنِّي رَسُولُ اللَّهِ إِلَيْكُمْ جَمِيعًا Say, O people, indeed I am a messenger of Allah to you all. الَّذِي لَهُ مُلْكُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ The one who has the dominion of the heavens and the earth. I am a messenger from Allah, the one who controls the dominion of the heavens and the earth. I am a messenger from Him to all of you. إِلَيْكُمْ جَمِيعًا وَقَالَ تَعَالَى Now, so this ayah, it highlights that the Prophet ﷺ was not sent to any one particular tribe or to any one particular people only, but he was sent to all of mankind. So when Allah says in this ayah, يَا أَيُّهَا النَّاسِ اعْبُدُوا رَبَّكُمْ هَذَا أَمْرٌ مِنَ اللَّهِ سبحانه وتعالى بعبادته وحده لا شريك له وترك عبادة ما سواه. So when Allah gives this command, O oh people, worship, اعبدوا ربكم, worship your Lord. That is a command for all of the worship to be singled out to Allah alone and to abandon the worship of others besides Allah سبحانه وتعالى. اعبدوا ربكم worship your Lord i.e. وحدوا ربكم make tawheed in your worship of your Lord the salaf they used to say when it mentions in the Quran worship your Lord every time that type of phrase is mentioned it means worship your Lord upon tawheed اعبدوا اي وحدوا اعبدوا ربكم اي وحدوا ربكم وافردوه بالعبادة لأن العرب في وقت نزول القرآن كثير منهم يعبدون الله ولكنهم يعبدون معه غيره Because at that time, the Arabs, when the Quran was revealed, many of them used to worship Allah. However, they used to worship other deities also alongside Allah. They used to be committing shirk. فَإِذَا كَانَتِ الْعِبَادَةَ غَيْرَ خَالِصَ لِلَّهِ فَإِنَّهَا تَكُونُ عِبَادَةَ بَاطِلَةَ And if worship is not upon sincerity to Allah, then it will be a worship that is nullified, invalidated and false. If it is not upon sincerity to Allah alone. وَلِهَذَا أَمَرَهُمْ أَنْ يُفْرِدُوهُ بِالْعِبَادَةَ That's why Allah commanded all of the people to single him out in worship. وَيُخْلِسُوا لَهُ الْعِبَادَةِ And to make pure and sincere their worship to Allah alone. Then he gave them the proof and the evidence to indicate to them and to highlight to them why they need to do that. Why? He gave them a reasoning from amongst the reasonings as to why they are obliged to have to single out their worship to Allah alone. So he mentioned the reasons Firstly, الَّذِي خَلَقَكُمْ He mentioned that He is the one who created you. الَّذِي خَلَقَكُمْ لِأَنَّ الْعِبَادَ لَا تَصْلُحُ إِلَّا لِلْخَالِقَ Allah mentioned that He created you because surely the one who you worship must be your creator. He must be the one who created How can you be worshipping something else, some other deity who does not create, does not give life and death? So here the affirmation occurs that Allah is the creator of the heavens and the earth. Or in particular here, that Allah is the creator of you. He is the one who created you. And worship is only suitable for the one who is the creator. 
فَالَّذِي لَا يَخْلُقُ لَا يَصِحُ أَنْ يُعْبَدُ The one who does not create, it is not suitable to worship him. It is not correct to worship him. وَهَذَا فِيهِ إِبْطَالِ عِبَادَةِ الْأَصْلَامِ This therefore indicates to you the uh, invalidity of worshipping idols. It is not valid, it is not correct to worship idols since they cannot create. وَعِبَادَةُ الْمَوْتَى And to worship the deceased and the dead in their graves, they cannot create. وَعِبَادَةُ الْأَوْلِيَاءُ وَالصَّالِحِينَ And the worship of the righteous, they cannot create. وَعِبَادَةُ الْأَشْجَارِ وَالْأَحْجَارِ Trees and stones cannot create. لِأَنَّهَا لَا تَقْدِرُ عَلَى الْخَلْقِ وَمَا لَا يَقْدِرُ عَلَى الْخَلْقِ لَا يَصِحٌ يُعْبَدُ So whatever cannot create, then it is not correct for you to worship. That cannot be worshipped if it cannot even create. وَلِهَذَا قَالَ فِي سُورَةُ الْحَجِّ and that's why Allah said in Surah Al-Hajj, يَا أَيُّهَا النَّاسُ ضُرِبَ مَثَلٌ فَاسْتَمِعُوا لَهُ O people, a parable has been set forth. So listen to it. An example has been given to you. So listen to it. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ تَدْعُونَ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ Those whom you are worshipping or calling upon besides Allah, لَنْ يَخْلُقُوا ذُبَابًا وَلَوْ اجْتَمَعُوا لَهُ They would not even be able to create a fly. Even if all of them got together to do it. All of these others who you are calling upon besides Allah, the deceased, the pious, the idols, the deities, all of these that you call upon, they would not even be able to create a fly. Even if all of them got together to do it. فَالْخَالِقْ هُوَ الَّذِي يَسْتَحِقُ الْعِبَادَةِ so the one who actually created and creates, he is the one who is deserving of worship. وَهُمْ لَا يَجْحَدُونَ هَذَا And they, the mushrikeen, did not reject that. They accepted that. بَلْ يُقِرُّونَ بِأَنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ الَّذِي خَلَقَ They used to acknowledge that Allah is the one who created. وَلَئِنْ سَأَلْتَهُمْ مَنْ خَلَقَهُمْ لَيَقُولُونَ اللَّهِ If you were to ask them who created them, they will say to you, indeed it is Allah. So then Allah mentions, لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ يَا أَيُّهُ النَّاسُ عَبُدُوا رَبَّكُمُ الَّذِي خَلَقَكُمْ وَالَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبَلِكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ O people worship Allah, worship your Lord, the one who created you and created those who came before you, so that you may attain piety, that you may be from the muttaqeen, that you may achieve the taqwa. إِذَا ذَكَرْتُمْ بِأَنَّهُ هُوَ الْخَالِقُ لَكُمْ هو الخالق لكم ولمن قبلكم لعل تذكروا تذكركم لذلك يبعثكم على تقوى الله وتذكركم لذلك يبعثكم على تقوى الله So when you think about that that Allah is your creator Allah is the one who created you and created all of creation before you then perhaps this will bring some taqwa uh, to your heart it will bring some fear to your heart it will bring some recognition to your heart Everything has been created by your Lord. All of the humans, the billions and billions who have existed prior, and now all of them have been created by Allah, the mankind and the jinn. So when you think about these things, then it brings some humility to a person, and perhaps that will bring some taqwa to him. So that may then cause you to worship him alone, and to stay away from any form of shirk. لِأَنَّهُ لَا يَقِي مِنْ عَذَابِ اللَّهِ إِلَّا عِبَادَةَ اللَّهِ Nothing will protect you from the punishment of Allah except worshipping Allah. Worship is your protection. Worship Allah, be obedient to Allah, and that will protect you from the punishment of Allah. So you are not the ones who created yourselves. لَسْتُمْ أَنْتُمْ خَلَقْتُمْ لِأَنفُسِكُمْ شَيْئًا You did not create for yourselves anything. You did not create for yourselves anything. You are not the ones who bring the agriculture to grow. You are not the ones who make the fruits and the vegetables grow out of the ground. It's not you who does that. You are not the ones who make the rain come down. You're not the ones who created the soil and the earth. To make it suitable for growing. 
That was all given to you by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah created all of that. وَلَسْتُمُ الَّذِينَ خَلَقْتُمُ السَّمَاءِ You are not the ones who created the skies. وَجَعَلْتُمُهَا سَقْفًا لِلْعَالَمِ You are not the ones who created the sky and made it a ceiling for the creation. وَفِيهَا مَصَالِحُ الْعِبَادِ And there are the benefits of all of those for the servants. So when you ponder over these, that you have not done any of this. You have not created any of this. You have not performed any of this. Rather, it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who created all of that. The earth and what grows in it and the rain that comes from the sky and the sky that is the canopy. Everything created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for you. Then that maybe brings about some taqwa in your heart. Then Allah goes on to mention, الَّذِي جَعَلَ لَكُمُ الْأَرْضَ فِرَاشًا Allah, the one who made the earth a resting place for you, made the earth a solid ground for you, settled ground for you, a resting place for you. تَجْلِسُونَ عَلَيْهَا وَتَنَامُونَ عَلَيْهَا وَتَعِيشُونَ عَلَى ظَهْرِهَا وَتَزْفَنُونَ فِي بَطْنِهَا إِذَا مُتُّمْ that you sit upon this earth and you sleep upon it and you live upon it. وَتُدْفَنُونَ فِي بَطْنِهَا إِذَا مُتُّمْ And you are buried within it if you die, when you die. وَتُبْعَثُونَ مِنْهَا And you will be resurrected from it. مِنْهَا خَلَقَنَاكُمْ وَفِيهَا نُعِيدُكُمْ وَمِنْهَا نُخْرِجُكُمْ تَارَةً أُخْرَى From it we created you and to it you will return. Or we will return you. And then we will exit you from it once again. From this earth we created you, and to this earth we will return you, and then from it we will bring you back to life again. ثُمَّ هَذِهِ الْأَرْضِ الْوَاسِعَةِ أَثْبَتَهَا اللَّهِ وَأَرْسَاهَا بِالْجِبَالِ الرَّوَاسِ مِنْ أَجْلِ أَنْ لَا تَمِيدَ بِالنَّاسِ وَتَطَّرِقِ Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made this earth a settled place. Pinned down by the great mountains. So that it is not an earth that is uh, upon movement and in a manner that would not bring stability to those upon it. Rather Allah made it stable, settled with the great mountains as pins within it. Then Allah says, وَالسَّمَاءَ بِنَاءَ Allah made the sky as a canopy above your heads. يَعْنِي سَقْفًا لِأَنَّ السَّمَاءَ فَوْقَ الْأَرْضِ وَجَعَلَ اللَّهُ فِيهَا الْكَوَاكِبِ And Allah made in that sky the stars and the sun and the moon وَالشَّمْسُ وَالْقَمْرِ أَلَّتِي بِهَا مَصَالِحِ الْعِبَادِ Within that sun and the moon and the stars there are benefits for the servants. وَحَفِظَهَا مِنَ الشَّيَاطِينَ And Allah protected it from the shayateen. As Allah said, وَجَعَلْنَا السَّمَاءَ سَقْفًا مَحْفُوظًا that we made the, ca- the sky a preserved and guarded canopy or ceiling. Then Allah mentions, وَأَنزَلَ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ Another reasoning, Allah sent down the rain from the skies. وَهُوَ الْمَطَرُ وَالسَّمَاءُ هُوَ السَّحَابُ لِأَنَّ السَّمَاءُ عَلَى قِسْمَيْنَ السَّمَاءُ بِمَعْنَى الْعُلُوُ وَالْإِرْتِفَاعُ فَكُلُّ مَا عَلَى وَارْتَفَعَ يُقَالُ لَهُ السَّمَاءُ وَالثَّانِي السَّمَاوَاتَ الْمَبْنِيَّة so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He caused the rain to come down from the skies, i.e. from the clouds in the skies. Uh, and so He caused to come out from the uh, heavens that rain. And then as a consequence, مِنَ الثَّمَرَاتِ رِزْقًا لَكُمْ That rain falls on the ground and the vegetation and the fruits they grow as sustenance for you. هذا المطر ماء واحد ومع هذا يخرج الله بثمرات مختلفة متنوعة. This rain that falls, it is one rain, one rain, one water. The rain isn't different. Rain that falls here is the same as the rain that falls anywhere else in the world. One type of rain, one rain. Yet that one rain, it can bring about all of the hundreds and thousands of different types of fruits and vegetables that grow. It is not the case that every fruit needs a particular type of rain. Rather the rain, one single type of rain brings out all of these vegetables and fruits and sustenance for the people. وَالتُرْبَ وَاحِدًا And the soil is one. And despite that, all of these various forms of foods 
and vegetations of different colors and different tastes and different smells, they are raised out of the ground. So who does all of that? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rizqan lakum. All of that is taken out of the ground as provisions for you, as sustenance for you. تَأْكُلُونَ مِنْهُ قُوتًا وَتَتَفَكَّهُونَ بِهِ فَوَاكِهَ You eat from it what you require from your provisions, and you eat the fruits of it, the various types of it. Who is the one who created all of this? Rather, it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who created all of this. The shaykh says, even under a particular type of fruit, you will have multiple subcategories. Apples. How many different types of apples do you see? Different forms, different shapes, different colors of apples. Oranges, different types, different shapes, different sizes of oranges. In within a particular fruit, you will find multiple different types too. So look at all of this that Allah created for you. So then after explaining all of that, Allah says, فَلَا تَجْعَلُوا لِلَّهِ So don't make partners and equals to Allah. Do not commit shirk alongside Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَأَنْتُمْ تَعْلَمُونَ And you know that there is no equal or partner to Allah. You know that nobody aided or helped or assisted Allah in the creation of all of that. In the creation of the sky as a canopy, as the earth resting place. As the water that comes down and brings the vegetation. The one who created you and those before you. You know nobody else participated along with Allah in doing that. Or aided Allah in doing that. Or did it themselves independently. You know that to be the case. Therefore do not make partners alongside Allah. So this was Allah establishing an evidence upon the mushrikeen. An evidence has been established upon the mushrikeen now. How? Because it has now been said to them, you know that it's Allah who created you. You know it's Allah who made the sky as a canopy for you. You know it's Allah who made the earth as a resting place for you. You know it's Allah who sent down the rain, and you know it's Allah who brought out the vegetations and fruits for you. You know only Allah did all of those things for you. So now therefore... You know that you're only supposed to be worshipping Allah. And if you don't, then the proof has been established upon you now. You know you're only supposed to be worshipping Allah because you admit and accept and acknowledge all of these things are only from Allah. So how can you acknowledge all of these things yet go and still worship something else which doesn't create, which didn't make the heavens and the earth, which didn't make the skies a canopy, didn't bring you life and those before you. How can you go and worship something else when you know all of these things are only Allah who does them. So it's an evidence established upon them now. If they go and worship others now besides Allah, the evidence is established upon them. It has been proven to them. They know it is only Allah who does all of these things, and therefore they know it is only Allah who should be worshipped. Yet they still go and worship others. Hence the evidence is established upon them. Ibn Abbas, he mentioned regarding this ayah, Al-Andad huwa shirk akhfa min dabib naml ala safat sawda fi dhulmat al-layl. Ibn Abbas, he said regarding this ayah, the partners, the partners that you make alongside Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that is shirk. Akhfa min dabib naml ala safat sawda fi dhulmat al-layl. More concealed than the walking of an ant upon a uh, smooth black stone in the darkness of the night. Such is the concealed nature of this shirk. Here the shaykh explains that's because shirk, uh, it can be uh, khafi, it can be concealed, it can be internal. The shaykh will explain what that means here now. Because one type of shirk is what? Open shirk. You have open shirk, apparent shirk, and you have concealed shirk. Open and apparent shirk, going and slaughtering something for other than the sake of Allah, making vows for other than the sake of Allah, making dua to something other than the sake of Allah. That is all open shirk. But then there is concealed shirk, and that is two types in of itself. The concealed shirk 
is two types in of itself. Firstly, the shirk which occurs in your intentions. Your intentions. And that we spoke about somewhat previously in the chapter of showing off. That your intention, you could come and pray beautifully, but your intention is for the sake of the people. Then internally, that shirk has occurred. Even though externally, when people look at you, they won't have any idea. Think you're praying sincerely to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But internally, your intention is something different. So that is one type of concealed shirk. Another type of concealed shirk, shirk khafi لأنه لا يعلم كثير من الناس Shirk that not many people know about. So it's concealed in a way. Because not many people know about it. What is that? وَهُوَ شِرْكُ فِي الْأَلْفَاظِ دُونَ الْإِعْتِقَادِ وَهُوَ الْمَذْكُورُ هُنَا And that is committing shirk in your speech without the belief as such. And that's why it's mentioned it's like an ant on a black stone in the darkness of the night. It is concealed, you can hardly see it. It is concealed and you can hardly see it. There are examples given to make this clearer. There are examples given in this chapter to highlight and to make this clearer as to what is this type of concealed shirk. One concealed shirk we said was in your intentions in the heart. The second type of concealed shirk are statements that people make, even though they don't have any aqidah of shirk, but they make statements which are essentially statements of shirk. Why is that concealed? Because nobody pays attention. People just say these words, they say these things, and those words are incorrect words to say. They indicate a deficiency in your tawheed and can indicate shirk. Even though a person doesn't mean shirk in his heart, but he says things which can indicate that. That's one type of concealed shirk. That's the meaning of the ant on the darkness of the night on the dark stone, that people say these things and it's hidden and they don't realize and they don't pay attention. Examples of that. وَهُوَ أَنْ يَقُولُ وَاللَّهِ وَحَيَاتِكَ يَا فُلَانِ Taking an oath, as people say, I swear on my life. You've heard of that one. I swear on my life, I'm telling you the truth. I swear on your life. I swear on the life of my kids. I swear on my father's grave and things like that which they say. These types of statements that people make taking these oaths in other than the name of Allah, then that is a form of shirk. And that is something which occurs upon the tongues of the people a lot. I swear on my life, this, that, the other. I swear on your life, X, Y, and Z. Statements people make casually and they don't pay attention to it. And these are statements of shirk, because making an oath by other than Allah is shirk. So people don't realize these kinds of statements are shirk. I swear on my life, I swear on your life, I swear on my mother's life. Sometimes people even say, I swear on the Prophet. I swear by the Prophet. And I swear by your life. These types of statements are commonplace. And the Prophet said, Man halifa faqad kafara aw ashraka. Whoever takes an oath by other than Allah, then he has committed kufr or shirk. So, taking an oath by other than Allah is a form of minor shirk. Because when you take an oath, for example, and you say, on your life, I swear on your life, X, Y, and Z. When you take an oath by something, that thing which you take the oath upon must be something of importance and value. To make your oath have some value and importance. If you say, I swear by this bottle of water, I did this or I did that. You're going to say, what are you talking about? The bottle of water took it in the bin now. You got to make your oath upon something of value to give it importance. So this is why it's a type of minor shirk. You're now making an oath by something you are giving value and importance to. I swear on your mother's life. I swear on your life. And that is therefore... 
indicating greatness to this thing you are taking the oath upon. And that is something specific to Allah. You should be making the greatness of Allah, the might and the majesty of Allah by taking an oath by Him only. Not the greatness of others and the value and the importance of others taking oaths on their names. If a person actually considers this other thing as important and equal to making an oath to Allah, then that is major kufr. If he believes that this oath by this other thing is equal to in reverence to Allah, then that is kufr, the shaykh says. وَإِن كَانَ يَقْصُدُ تَعْظِيمَ الْمَحْلُوفِ بِهِ مِثْلَ مَا يُعَذِّمُ اللَّهِ فَإِنَّ الْحَلِفِ يَكُونُ شِرْكًا أَكْبَرًا So the people who take oaths by the graves and the dead people in the graves, then often they may fall into that category. Because it is as if they consider these deceased in the graves of such great value and importance that they are almost giving them reverence of the reverence of Allah. So that would be a type of major kufr. The Shaykh says, كَثِيرًا مِنْهُمْ يَتَسَاهَلُوا بِالْحَلِفِ بِاللَّهِ وَلَا يَتَسَاهَلُوا بِالْحَلِفِ so much is the misguidance that some people nowadays, if they take an oath by Allah, they'll still lie and cheat. They'll say, by Allah, this, that, this, wallahi, wallahi. And they'll lie and they'll make up things. But when they take an oath by these other things, when they say, I swear on my mother's life, now they'll think about things twice and be more careful which shows that their priorities are completely wrong. They are giving greater importance to these other oaths than their oaths by Allah. So that shows to you how great the misguidance is. إِذَا قِيلَ لَهُ إِحْلِفْ بِاللَّهِ بَادَرَ بِالْحَلِفِ وَإِذَا قِيلَ لَهُ إِحْلِفْ بِمَعْبُودِكِ وَبِمَعَظِّمِكِ وَبِالْوَلِيِّ الَّذِي أَنْتَ تُعَظِّمُهُ اِرْتَعَدَ وَأَبَى أَنْ يَحْلِفِ if he said to a person, I don't believe you, take an oath by Allah, he'll say it, Wallahi, 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 wa billahi, wa tallahi. He'll take the oath. But if you say to him, I don't believe you, take the oath upon the grave of such a wali. Now, he'll think twice and he'll start shaking. Because he's fearful if he takes an oath upon the name of that great wali. And lies, the consequences, what they may be. And how that great wali may overcome him with some power. So, this indicates to you how the people have become misguided with regards to that affair. Another type which is mentioned here, when people say, لَوْلَا هَذَا لَأَتَانَ Was it not for this dog, then the thieves would have come upon us. This was similar to what we were talking about before, was it not for the skill of the sailors, then the ship would have sunk. It's as if you're attributing the affair to other than Allah. Was it not for the dogs, then this would have happened and that would have happened. That is not the case. Rather, it is because of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the decree of Allah. Similarly, The duck, what do they mention there? In the text. If it was not for the duck in the yard, then the trees would have gone. Was it not for the duck? In the yard, then the thieves would have come. So the duck has stopped the thieves from coming. So these types of statements, you are now attributing the facts or attributing the situations to other than Allah. And all of what occurs and does not occur is not because of the duck that was there or the duck that was there. Rather, it is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala what occurs and what does not occur. That was mentioned in the hadith. وَلَوْ اجْتَمَعَ النَّاسِ عَلَىٰ أَنْ يَذُرُّوكَ بِشَيْءٍ لَمْ يَذُرُّوكَ إِلَّا بِشَيْءٍ قَدْ كَتَبَهُ اللَّهُ عَلَيْكَ If all of the people got together to harm you with something, they wouldn't be able to. Unless it was something that Allah had decreed upon you. And the same with the opposite. لَوْ اجْتَمَعَ النَّاسِ عَلَىٰ أَنْ يَنْفَعُوكَ بِشَيْءٍ لَمْ يَنْفَعُوكَ إِلَّا بِشَيْءٍ قَدْ كَتَبَهُ اللَّهُ لَكَ If all of the people got together to benefit you with something, they wouldn't be able to benefit you. Unless it was something Allah had decreed for you. So these types of statements are wrong. Was it not for the alarm 
then surely this would have happened and that would have happened. Was it not for the dog? Was it not for the duck? So now you're attributing things to where they should not be attributed. So all of this can be a form of shirk. They call this shirk of speech. This is what the scholars call it. The shirk in your speech. These types of statements you're making are not legitimate statements. Was it not for the dog than this and that? Was it not for the such and such than this and that? These statements are wrong. They are called the statements of shirk, the speech, the shirk of speech, shirk al-alfaz. Another example given is, Whatever Allah wills, and you will. Whatever Allah wills, and you will. That is of course again incorrect. And when the man said that to the Prophet ﷺ, then the Prophet ﷺ said, لا, That is incorrect. Rather you say, Allah, Whatever Allah wills, then after that, what you will and what you wish to do. وَمَا تَشَاءُونَ إِلَّا أَنْ يَشَاءَ اللَّهُ رَبُّ الْعَالَمِينَ You do not will to do anything except that Allah wills first. There is a decree of Allah. Uh, and so other statements like لَوْلَ اللَّهُ وَفُلَانُ وَلَا تَجْعَلْ فِيهَا فُلَانًا وَهَذَا كُلُّهُ بِهِ شَرْكٍ So all of these types of equalizing between the people in your statements. مَا شَاءَ اللَّهُ وَشِئْتَ Whatever Allah wills and you will. This type of equalizing between people and Allah, that is statements of shirk. So what do we overall benefit from these narrations and ayat so far? Firstly, that the greatest of the commandments and the affairs, and the greatest thing to begin with is Tawheed. Because in the Mus'haf, the first command which is given is the command upon Tawheed. Secondly, we understand that accepting Tawheed al-Rububiyyah, al-Iqrar bi-Tawheed al-Rububiyyah, la yakfi fi tawheed Lianna Allah akhbara anna al-mushrikeen ya'lamuna hadha, faqal wa antum ta'lamun, annahu la khaliqa lihadhi al-ashya al-madhkura wa ghayriha, so this indicates that rububiyyah by itself is not enough. The mushrikeen knew, وَأَنْتُمْ تَعَلَمُونَ They knew that Allah is the one who did all of those things, created the heavens and the canopy and the rain and the vegetation. They knew all of that, yet they still went and worshipped others. So rububiyyah acknowledging that alone is not enough. Rather it requires uluhiyya. Also, here is the principle of rububiyyah necessitating uluhiyyah. If a person believes in rububiyyah, accepts rububiyyah, it necessitates you must be upon uluhiyyah. If you believe that Allah is the creator, the sustainer, the provider, then that necessitates you have to worship Him. How can you say that you believe Allah is the creator, sustainer, provider, but then you go worship someone else who is not the creator, the sustainer, or the provider? So rububiyyah necessitates al-uluhiyyah. Fourthly, we also understand أَنَّهُ لَا يَكْفِي الْأَمْرِ بِالتَّوْحِيدِ بَلْ لَا بُدَّ مِنَ النَّهِي عَنِ الشِّرْكِ It is not enough just to call the people to tawheed, you must also warn against shirk. Commanding the tawheed and warning against shirk is required too. Not just calling to tawheed. Because in the ayah Allah called to tawheed, اُعْبُدُوا رَبَّكُمْ And warned against shirk, فَلَا تَجْعَلُوا لِلَّهِ أَنْدَادًا And do not make partners alongside Allah called the people to Tawheed and warned them from shirk. So both are required. Because otherwise, it will not actualize what is required. You can only actualize the reality of Tawheed through implementing Tawheed and warning against and abandoning shirk. Fifthly, we learn that there are certain types of words people say, and those words and statements can be types of shirk. Speech which entails within it shirk. Meanings of shirk. So that type of speech is not correct and that type of speech should not be used and a person needs to pay attention to the types of words that he uses. Also here there is the principle that the salaf sometimes used to use ayat 
that were actually revealed regarding major shirk, they used to use them upon examples of minor shirk. Ayat which were actually talking about major shirk, the Salaf would use them as evidences in situations of minor shirk too. They would do that. Why? Why would they use examples of ayat talking about major shirk if the situation was actually only minor shirk? Because it leads to major shirk. That minor shirk step by step leads to the major shirk. So they would use the end ayah straight away talking about major shirk from the very beginning when it's only minor shirk. Because that will slowly lead to the major shirk. Then we have this hadith of Umar ibn al-Khattab, anna Rasulullah sallallahu Whomsoever takes an oath by other than Allah, then he has committed kufr or he has committed shirk. And that is how the people, they say, I swear on my mother's life, I swear on my uh, grave of such and such, I swear on my children's life, I swear on my life. All of these types of oaths that the people, they take, then it is haram. To make those types of statements. Qala ibn Mas'ud, لأن أحلف, لأن أحلف بالله كاذبا أحب إلي من أن أحلف بغيره صادقا. Look at this statement now. Ibn Mas'ud says, If I took an oath by Allah and I lied, that would be more beloved to me than taking an oath by other than Allah and speaking the truth. Because if you take an oath by Allah and lie, that is a sin. If you take an oath by other than Allah, even if you speak the truth, that is shirk. So he said, if I took an oath by Allah and lied, that is better than taking an oath by something else and telling the truth. That is just to make the point to show you the importance of uh, the oath and tawheed and the great severity of the Shirk and the evil that a person falls into, taking oaths by other than Allah. Then we also have the narration of Hudayfa radiallahu anhu. Anna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam qal, La wa sha'a fulan, walakin qulu ma Allah thumma sha'a fulan. That the Prophet ﷺ said, don't say whatever Allah wills and what such and such wills. Rather say what Allah wills, then what such and such wills. So as not to make them equal. Do not make it equal whatever Allah wills and what He wills. What Allah wills, then after that, what this one and that one wills. So this person is lower, behind the decree of Allah and the will of Allah. Then Ibrahim al-Nakha'i, he mentioned, أَنَّهُ يَكْرَهُ أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ وَبِيكَ وَيَجُوزُ أَنْ يَقُولُ بِاللَّهِ ثُمَّ بِيكَ قَالْ وَيَقُولُ لَوْلَ اللَّهِ ثُمَّ فُلَانِ وَلَا تَقُولُ لَوْلَ اللَّهِ لَوْلَ اللَّهِ وَفُلَانِ Similar statement again from Ibrahim al-Nakha'i, that he used to consider it as haram, because note, when the Salaf, they say that they disliked something, أَنَّهُ يَكْرَهُ such and such, the meaning of it really is tahrim, that he considered it as impermissible, not just that he disliked it. When the Salaf used the word of disliking something, amongst the books of the Salaf, it typically refers to them viewing it as haram, not just as makruh. So here, annahu yakrah, that really he views it as haram, to say, uh, I seek refuge in Allah and in you. Rather it should be, I seek refuge in Allah, then what you can do for me and help me and aid the situation. Same, that was it not for Allah and you, that should not be said, rather was it not for Allah and then your help and what you did and whatever else. So you ensure that you are not making any equalization between Allah and the creation. These things are very important because as the scholars say, these are statements of shirk. And a person doesn't have the aqidah of shirk. A person doesn't intend any shirk when he says, Oh, was it not for such and such, then it would have been like this and that. It's just a thing which people say without thinking. But those things that people say without thinking, they are words which actually indicate shirk. Speech, shirk, or statements of shirk. So a person needs to think carefully with his speech. 
needs to focus on what he's talking and what he's saying. So that you don't end up saying these types of statements and phrases which are actually statements and phrases that indicate shirk within them and a great deficiency in your tawheed. So that is the chapter on that issue. The next time we'll begin on the next chapter. Uh, on the next chapter, it goes into more detail regarding taking an oath by Allah and some of the rulings about taking oaths by Allah. So that will do in two weeks time, January the 3rd, because next weekend is postponed. The conference in Birmingham will be on. So everybody should try and make an effort to travel down to Birmingham next weekend for Friday and Saturday and Sunday, the three days. So that conference will be on there, make every effort to go. And then the weekend after we'll come back and carry on with this regular again, inshallah. So next weekend off, then back again the weekend after. First weekend of January, back again, inshallah. So we'll conclude upon that tonight. It's a question uh, regarding the statement that uh, came to Shirk. Um, what if it's as a result of uh, a person's, say, laziness or procrastination? Say you sort of you're laid back and then say because of um, you know, procrastination, if you say your boss, I say, oh, uh, was it not because I, you know, I didn't start off my journey earlier? I wouldn't have missed my bus. No, it's not permissible. That's going to come as well. I don't think we did that yet. It's going to come the hadith about لا تقل لولا أني فعلت كذا وكذا لكان كذا وكذا فإن لو تفتح عمل الشيطان Don't say if only I had done such and such then it would have been okay or this would have been like that and if only I hadn't been 10 minutes late on the bus then it would have been this and it would have been that. The Prophet said don't make those types of statements if only I'd done this then it would have been that and if only I did that then it wouldn't have been this because that opens up the door to shaitan. So we're going to come to that hadith inshallah. But it's not permissible to think in that way. If only I'd done this, then it would have been like that. How do you know? How do you know if only you did that, it would have been like that? How do you know if you only caught the bus 10 minutes earlier, then everything would have been okay? Maybe the bus 10 minutes earlier was the one that crashed and everybody died on it. So how do you know what, what would happen if only you did this and only did that? So it's not permissible, but we'll come to that inshallah. <laughs> No, prevent yourself from it because the Prophet said that opens the door to shaitan. People sit there for hours and hours thinking to themselves, I should have done this, I should have done that. What's the point? That's finished now. You open up that door, the shaitan starts whispering to you, waste your time, waste your worship. So you don't think that way. Think in a way that you can resolve it now. Thinking, if only I'd done this, only I'd done that, is it possible for you to go and back and do that now? You can't. So that's gone. That's why the Prophet said it opens the door to shaitan. So don't think in that way. So don't allow those whispers to come. So what would be the response? You say, Allah. Of course. You say, Allah ma Whatever Allah has decreed, then that has occurred. That chapter is going to come, inshallah. That hadith and uh, those statements, we'll cover them, inshallah. So we'll leave it there. Carry in two weeks, inshallah. <laughs>